your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 724 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and the Rangers coming off of just a wild seesaw, edge-of-your-seat 6-4 win against the St. Louis Blues last night, a performance that I think we can all agree was far from perfect. Uh, if you're a fan of this New York Ranger team, I thought that really... The first two periods were not good at all. Thought there were times where they were just kind of sleepwalking. Uh, a couple more bad penalties. Uh, a couple of defensive lapses as well. But uh, it was very encouraging and very exciting to see this Ranger team basically flip the switch for the third period. Come out absolutely swarming. It's a really strong 20-minute stretch of hockey there that we have not seen from the Rangers in a very long time. Might have been the best uh, third period that they've played all season. And one of the best periods... Uh, just in general that they've played all season, and certainly in recent times uh, during this uh, pretty lengthy stretch of uh, uninspired play. But again, very nice to see the Rangers uh, turn it on when they needed to, down by a goal going into the third period. And if this game followed the script of the rest of the season, the Rangers would not have come back, and it probably would have gotten a lot worse and a lot uglier. But the Rangers finally played New York Ranger hockey in the third period, skating hard, competing their butts off. A couple of line changes helped them a little bit as well. And you score three unanswered goals in the third period to turn a 4-3 to three deficit into a 6-4 to four win. Like I said, this game was far from perfect. But right now, with the Rangers needing a win as desperately as they needed a win in this game last night, I think if you're a fan of this team, uh, you'll take it any way you can get it. I know that I certainly will. And you just hope that, uh, you know, that third period, that strong play there, that's a springboard and a sign of what's to come uh, for this New York Ranger team. I'm going to need to see a little bit more evidence other than just uh, one, you know, solid, not just solid. It was a really, really good uh, third period for the New York Rangers. Um, I'm going to need to see a little bit more evidence before I, I say for sure that this team is back. But uh, like I said, the way things have been going lately, that was at least very, very encouraging and nice to see them uh, get back to Ranger hockey in the third period, which, as we've talked about, was such a staple of this team uh, throughout pretty much all of last season. And yes, the Rangers certainly benefited from the fact that uh, Jordan Bennington was not good at all in this game. He hasn't really been good all season, let in some goals that he probably should have been able to come up with. Uh, but even that being the case, once again, the Rangers... Uh, they found a gear that they haven't found in a very long time. And that third period, man, it looked like somebody kicked a beehive with the, ra- with the, way, the way that the Rangers were, were just kind of swarming all over the ice there. So, yeah, good stuff. Uh, nice to see them come back and uh, get the win here. But we're going to talk about uh, a strong third period, obviously, for this Ranger team. That's going to be a big focal point of today's episode. Also going to discuss uh, some line combinations and some of the in-game adjustments that were made. Uh, going to talk about Kreider being benched for a spell in the second period and why, honestly, I, I don't have any issues with it. I, I thought it was kind of warranted, to be quite honest with you. Um, also going to talk about the Rangers, you know, taking too many penalties and, and being back on their heels for a good chunk of this game, namely the second period. We're going to uh, look at that. Uh, talk about the slow start to this game. Talk about Gerard Gallant's uh, job security and how that's going to fluctuate from game to game right now. Uh, I do not want Gallant fired. I, I think this team simply just needs to play better. And there's also something that the Rangers need to do better uh, just in general. So, like I said, a lot to do here today. We begin with the line combinations and the adjustments that were made in the game by Gallant and by the New York Rangers. Uh, for starters, 
basically the same line combinations that the Rangers have been going with. And I, I kind of could just feel a collective like sigh, a collective groan among Ranger fans. I know when I saw it, it was kind of just like, ugh, same, same line combos. We're going to do this again. Okay, fine. Um, you know, you were hoping for at least a little bit of a shakeup. They didn't really do it. The only difference... Uh, for the forwards, is that Johnny Brodzinski was in the lineup. Uh, still no Philip Heedle, who is dealing with the dreaded lower body injury. Uh, and Carpenter is out of the lineup. Uh, Brodzinski did fine. He actually ended up with the least amount of ice time for any player on the Rangers at just 8.57, which is not unexpected. But uh, he was okay when he was out there. Almost scored on a deflection. And honestly, like, I'm fine. If the Rangers, if Philip Heedle still can't play in the next game, and you want to try Johnny Brodzinski over Carpenter, I'm completely fine with that. Brodzinski, I think his upside is certainly limited, but he plays hard, and and I think Carpenter does too. But, um, you know, overall, like I said, Brodzinski has been a pretty good NHL-AHL swingman uh, for the New York Rangers in, in previous seasons here. Uh, you also had Miller and Truba back together, and you had Hayek and Schneider. Still no Ben Harper. We will see how the Rangers uh, look to uh, go as it pertains to their D-men going forward. And then, of course, there were some in-game adjustments and a line combination that a lot of Ranger fans have been clamoring for on social media, and that was Mika Zibanejad centering Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. Uh, these adjustments were made when the Blues took a 4-3 lead, and Kreider was benched for a little while uh, during this game in the second period. And... I, I, again, I'm, I'm good with it because a message had to be sent. I didn't think Kreider for a good chunk of this game, and you could say this for a lot of the players on the Rangers, but Kreider's a veteran. He's supposed to be one of the leaders on this team. There's still people that wish he was the captain. Uh, he's got to lead the way uh, for what is still, you know, a pretty young New York Ranger team. Not quite as young as they used to be, but uh, I think still in the top third in the league, or at least that's where it was in the preseason as far as, you know, average age is concerned in the top third of uh, the youngest teams. And he just didn't look engaged. And so I was fine with him being taken off the ice for a little while there. And Mika and Lafreniere and Kako, it clicked. It led to uh, Lafreniere scoring a tipping goal. It just led to better play and this team being sparked. And I think the Rangers need to stick with this in the next game. I think that should be your top line, Mika, with Kako and with Lafreniere. Uh, it accomplishes a couple of things. I know a lot of people want to get Kako and Lafreniere into the top six, which it does. It also allows Lafreniere to play in the top six while remaining at his natural position of left wing. So that's a bonus as well. And me personally, I've been dying to see a little bit of Lafreniere and Mika Zibanejad um, together on the same line. I don't, it, it's not something that we've really seen at all this season, not with any sort of regularity. I don't think there's been a single game where Lafreniere and Mika have started on the same line. So it might be time to buck that trend and do that in the next game. Uh, but for me, you know, with, with Lafreniere, they got to get him going a little bit. That's obvious. They got to get Kako going a little bit. That's obvious. Kako's a little bit snake bitten. But I've always felt since Lafreniere has been on this team that the four that he clicks with better than anybody, and this is with all apologies to the kid line that everybody loves so much, but to me, the guy that Lafreniere has always kind of clicked with has been Mika Zibanejad. They just seem to have a feel for each other out there, seem to you know, have an idea of where the other one's going to be, uh, send some pretty good passes to each other. And of course, uh, Lafreniere scored on a deflection by Mika Zibanejad. You know, Mika just went back, got the puck, threw it toward the net, and Lafreniere was there waiting for the tip-in. And it just seemed to reinvigorate this team a little bit. I, I think it's also okay to split up Kreider and Mika once in a while. I know that, you know, they're BFFs, and they've obviously, uh, you know, had some strong performances together over the years here. But if you drop Kreider down you know, to th the third line, which is what they did, you know, that spreads out the scoring a little bit as well, I think it's time to, to try something like this, to roll the dice like this. And it, it's not like the Rangers have uh, been world beaters lately. So for that reason alone, it's 
I, I think, high time to uh, to make this decision. And let me say something else here. It's not just because, oh, the kids, the kids, you know, give the kids more ice time, put them in the top six, put them on the power play, do this with the kids, do that with the kids, put them with this guy, put them with that guy. It's just the fact that something actually worked here. You know, the Rangers have not played well recently. And so to me, no matter what you do, even if it's like putting Carpenter and Blay on the top line, if you know, you know what, no, let's not go nuts here, but you get what I'm saying. If something clicks right now, Given how bad this team has played recently, uh, I think you owe it to yourself to just kind of stick with it. That'd be true no matter, almost no matter what the Rangers did uh, in this game here. Bottom line, they made the change, and the change was basically two-thirds of the third line going to the top line, and two-thirds of the top line going to the third line. You had Kako and Lafreniere going to the top line, Kreider and Vizi dropping down to the third line. The bottom line, it worked. Something worked, something clicked, something sparked this team, something uh, seemed to get them going a little bit, so you stick with it for the next game. To me, it's as simple as that. You gotta—I mean, the way things have been going, you gotta stick with something that works. Um, the other thing that I wanted to uh, mention here to kind of just follow up on something that we talked about in our last episode is that uh, Gerard Gallant, you know, obviously he's under the microscope right now. Uh, a lot of Ranger fans have, have been calling for a change to be made. And, you know, I said in our last episode, I think this three-game stretch, which includes home against the Blues at the Knights and at the Avalanche is going to be very telling and uh, might determine Gallant's future with this team. Again, I do not think he should be fired. I am not calling for that. But it's going to be gut check time for the Rangers because they're going on the road, playing uh, two of the better teams in the league. Uh, the Knights are in first place in the entire Western Conference. The Avalanche, I believe, yeah, they're only in fourth place in their division, but they're the, the defending Stanley Cup champions, and you figure they can turn it on anytime. Still, obviously, a dangerous team. So the Rangers need to uh, go out there and get the job done and compete the way that they did in the third period here. And it, it's going to be crazy for a little while because with every game that the Rangers either win or lose, it it's going to feel like, and I don't know if this is reality, but the perception is going to be that Gallant's seat is either getting hotter with every loss or it's cooling off a little bit with every win. And uh, I think for at least one night, cooled off just a little bit uh, with the Rangers, you know, once again, going off in the third period and getting back to playing the kind of brand of hockey that we got so used to seeing them play uh, all year last season. And I got to say, you got to give props to Gallant for uh, making an in-game adjustment there. You know, obviously the second period was bad for the Rangers. He moves a couple players around. He's doing this. While, you know, it's possible that if they lose this game, he ends up getting fired. I, I don't know how likely that is. I guess now we'll never really know for sure. Uh, but he was making some moves there. And uh, obviously it clicked and it worked out for the Rangers. And uh, I, I know it'll make a lot of Ranger fans happy that Kako and Lafreniere got into the top six and got to play uh, with Mika Zibanejad. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. want to talk about uh, the Rangers and their overall lackluster start to this game. I uh, want to talk about Capo Caco a little bit, who, I mean, is just snake bitten to the nth degree. A um, whole bunch of other stuff, too. And we're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we just got to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey to soccer and esports, We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the Rangers 
start to this game, namely the first period. And look, I know the Rangers were up 2-1 to one after the first period. And again, this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about. When things are going as bad as they've been going, in some ways, you'll take a lead or you'll take anything positive any way you can get it. But I don't know. I didn't like the Rangers' first period really all that much. Uh, there's too many games this season, and this even includes a couple of games that the Rangers have gone on to win. There's too many games this season, though, where the puck drops for the opening faceoff, and the Rangers, it's kind of like, okay, you know, let, let's see what kind of game this is going to be. Let's see how this one goes. There's not enough going out there and just taking the bull by the horns and just doing everything you can to dictate the terms of this game uh, to your opponent. And to be fair, uh, the Rangers were kind of asleep at the start of this game. So too were the Blues, who themselves have been on a, a pretty bad uh, streak. I believe they had lost five out of six coming into this one. Um, and there just wasn't much happening in the first 10 minutes or so of this game. And uh, they went to Dave Maloney between the benches, and he does an awesome job. So many of these MSG analysts are just awesome. It's, it's basically just an all-star lineup, and Dave's great. Um, but he said, basically, there's nothing happening in this game right now. Both benches are quiet. Both teams are kind of just waiting for something to happen. And when he did this, it was only about six or seven minutes into the game. Uh, but be that as it may, again, just kind of a lackluster start. And there's just too many games where the Rangers are just kind of sticking their toe in the water at the start of these games instead of just jumping right in and, you know, hitting the ground running. So we got to see a better start uh, for sure against Vegas, because if you get off to the kind of start against Vegas that you got off to in this game against the Blues, you are not going to live to tell about it. You are not going to win that game. So they have to start better, uh, certainly against the Vegas Golden Knights on the road on Wednesday night. We're all going to be staying up late for that one. Um, but, you know, beyond that, as far as something else I didn't like in the first period, so you get the goal from Schneider. That's awesome. Great to see some secondary scoring, and Braden Schneider continues his relatively strong play, somebody that I think has been mostly a bright spot for the Rangers uh, this season. But the next shift immediately starts with a rush into the zone by the Blues. Uh, Igor fights through some traffic, makes the save, and then right after this, the next shift, uh, you've got a scramble in front of the Ranger net, and of course, Pavel Buchnevich uh, cleans up from the doors up there, makes it one-to-one. -one. So you get the lead, despite not playing great, and then you immediately follow it up with two high-danger chances allowed to your opponent, and you get burned on the second one, and just like that, it's tied. And then, of course, you know, the Rangers took the lead on a power play goal uh, by Fox late in the period, but again, I was not a big fan of uh, the way the Rangers started this game and overall how they played in the first period, really the first two periods, but I think the first period... It goes back to what I just talked about, where they just need better starts in general. You are not going to be able to get away, like I just said, uh, going into Vegas and getting off to a lackluster start like you did in this game, and you're not going to be able to get away with it on Friday either, going into play uh, the defending Stanley Cup champions and uh, starting that one slow either. So, got to pick it up at the start of games if you're the New York Rangers. I also want to mention uh, something that has unfortunately become a little bit of a trend this season, at least recently, and that is uh, the fans booing. For the record, I'm not always the biggest fan of this when, when you know, fans just, they'll, they'll relentlessly boo an individual player or they'll just let their team have it no matter what. Um, but honestly, with the way the Rangers have pl been playing lately and just not being able to find that fifth gear and just not being able to get anything going and at times just having lackluster efforts, I can't really say that I blame them. You know, tickets to go to Madison Square Garden, they're not cheap and people want to go there and be entertained and uh, see this talented New York Ranger team go out there and fight for it and work for it and do everything they can to come away with a win. Uh, they haven't always been getting that, you know, for anybody that's gone to the Garden this season. I, I've heard a couple of horror stories from you guys, a couple of you. Uh, at least one person was at the Oilers game. Somebody else was at the Islander game that they blew. It's not a lot of fun to be there for a game like that. That is for sure. Um, but, you know, again, fans, they're, they're booing at the end of the second period. They were booing at the end of the game against the Oilers. They were booing the Rangers' power play a couple nights ago when, when they've been struggling. So, uh, yeah, 
it, it's a situation where you don't love to hear it, but at the same time, hey, you know what? Maybe it's just the fans challenging this team to wake up a little bit. Because I will say, when the Rangers came back in the third period, and when they tied the game, and when they took the lead, and you know, eventually increased the lead, and we'll break down those three goals a little bit later in today's episode. But th- that place is going nuts. You would have thought they were closing out, you know, a Game Seven uh, victory there, and you know, punching their ticket to the second round or the Eastern Conference Final or something along those lines. Sometimes I think the fans are booing because because they want to cheer, and uh, that applies uh, for Ranger fans just like it applies for uh, really any Ranger fans, any any sports fans. Um, and then also you had uh, a trend that had been going on this season. The Blues were seven and zero. Going into the third period with a lead, the Rangers were 0-7 when trailing going into the third period. It was about time to buck that trend. And, of course, the Rangers did it with goals by Keandre Miller, Alexi Lafreniere, and Chris Kreider. And, like I said, I am going to break down those goals. But it's funny. When Miller scored to tie the game, you know, I got I got pretty excited. And I kind of just I kind of said out loud, like, just one time this season, man. One time. Dig down deep in the third period. Come from behind and win the game and just find a way to get it done. No excuses. Put your best foot forward. Beat a team that you should be able to beat. Beat a team that's been struggling probably even worse than you have, and just dominate a third period, once again, like we saw the Rangers do uh, so many times last season. I also want to talk a little bit about Capo Caco here and uh, the fact that he's just snake-bitten right now. Um, You know, he had a lot of chances in this game. There was an instance where the Rangers were shorthanded, and he was out there toward the tail end of a penalty kill and pass up the ice. You know, he's in up the right side, making a couple of moves on Jordan Bennington and basically faked Bennington out of his skates, went past him. Now, at this point, Kako's momentum, his body is kind of like behind the net, but he's trying to, you know, reach back in front of the net with the puck and then just tuck it in. And unfortunately, when he was doing that, uh, the puck kind of just glanced off the outside of the post, and so it kind of bounced away from him. And by the time he, you know, was able to recover from that, uh, the Blues were there and they got it out of there. So, yeah, unfortunate to see Kako not be able to, to score there. He also had a great opportunity on a two-on-one this was in the third period. The Rangers were up 5-4 to four at this point in the game, and they were looking for that insurance goal. And I thought Kako uh, made a really smart decision to shoot the puck himself here, which, you know, two years ago, uh, certainly his rookie season, you know he would have tried to force a pass in this spot. Uh, but he didn't do that here because the defenseman did a nice job taking away the pass. And so Kako just fired the puck at the net. I mean, Bennington was not going to stop this, especially on this night. Uh, brings out the post and stays out. So that was unfortunate. But I saw uh, Chris Kreider's post-game, you know, media scrum or whatever you want to call it, press conference, not really a press conference, but you get the idea. He was talking to the reporters, and he, you know, singled out Kako as somebody that's really been working his tail off, and uh, he's going to get rewarded soon. And uh, he said something like, uh, you know, in the next game, the puck's going to deflect off of his butt and go into the net, which, I mean, at this point, again, you'll take it any way you can get it if you're Capo Kako, I am sure. But Kako played well in this game. I do think he's been working hard, and I am curious to see... A, if Gallant will stick with that line combination, Mika centering Lafreniere and Kako, and B, uh, what that trio can do if they're together for, you know, an entire game in the next one against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, big, big test for the Rangers, uh, seeing what they can do against a Knights team that is in first place in the Western Conference. So in just a second, I'm going to go ahead and break down the third period here uh, for the Rangers and also kind of just uh, a call to arms and kind of challenge them to get the job done against the Knights because it's time for the Rangers to... uh, beat a team that they're quote-unquote not supposed to beat. So we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. I'm also going to talk about something that I think the Rangers, just generally speaking, need to do a little bit better going forward. And we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second. 
All right, so let's uh, get the negative thing out of the way, the thing that I just uh, alluded to, basically. Something that was basically an issue for this entire game, uh, certainly in the third period, it, it kind of lightened up a little bit, but even there, I thought it was still something of a problem. Uh, the Blues in this game, the Rangers did everything but roll out the red carpet to the front of their net. The Blues were basically allowed to go right to the crease without just about any resistance. It led to a lot of scoring opportunities. It led to a couple of goals for the Blues as well, and it led to uh, the aforementioned Chris Kreider benching. I, I think that at least had something to do with it uh, because you know, the goal that O'Reilly scored, that gave the Blues their only lead of the game at 4-3. to three. And he basically, there, there was just no resistance. He had a pass from Shen to Kairou. Kairou up the left side. Kairou back to Shen. Shen takes a shot. The save is made. And O'Reilly buries the rebound. And look, the Rangers, I mean, they were there. There were guys in position. I'm going to mention all five guys that were on the ice here because I don't think any of them did enough to uh, to prevent this goal. You had Lindgren and Fox out there. Uh, you had Kreider, Goudreau, and Gauthier. And Kreider just late getting there and you know, again, they just, all three of these Blues players, there was just no resistance. There was no resistance gaining entry. Uh, you know, Kairou, or excuse me, Shen got to some pretty prime real estate without any resistance. Igor fought it off. And then O'Reilly, basically uncontested, goes to the crease and buries it. O'Reilly's, you know, he's a blue-collar, scrappy player. That's how he's going to score a lot of his goals. You have to expect that, you know. He's going to be crashing the net hard there, and you got to be ready to try to stop it. Honestly, whether it's O'Reilly or anybody else, but especially with a player, you know, of that ilk. Um, anyway, big third period for the Rangers. Uh, to begin with, this is just a little thing, but it's something that I think is important. I saw a lot more chatter among the Ranger players in the third period, whether it was on the bench. And of course, we don't see everything. We're kind of at the mercy of, uh, you know, the MSG cameras and whatever they show us. But there seemed to be just a little bit more chatter, a little bit more enthusiasm. And something that I definitely noticed was that when there was a play stoppage, you know, before the puck drop for the ensuing faceoff, you had a lot of Ranger players, you know, conversing with each other. And, okay, what are we going to do if I win the faceoff? What's going to happen over here? What are we looking to do if we win this offensive zone draw? Stuff like that. It's a little thing, but it just showed me that the Rangers were awake and alert and playing with some urgency and uh, playing together and just being ready to go. These are all things that should be, you know, expected, but we haven't seen a whole lot of it from the Rangers lately. So that's one of those more intangible things, but something that I definitely noticed uh, as this game uh, progressed here in the third period. So then, might as well go ahead and break down all these goals here that, uh, that you know, the Rangers scored to ultimately win this game. Uh, first, Ke'Andre Miller takes a shot from the blue line. Uh, you had Lafreniere and Kako really going to work, fighting for the puck along the boards behind the net. Uh, Lafreniere ends up getting an assist here. He works the puck back to Ke'Andre Miller. Uh, Miller skates to the center of the ice, shoots. It goes off the glove of Bennington and into the net. Four to four. And look, I think the Rangers definitely caught a break going up against Jordan Bennington because he has not been good at all this season and clearly was not good at all in this game. Uh, but I think sooner or later, if you're the Rangers, you're kind of owed one of these where the opposing goalie just has no answers and just doesn't play well at all. Uh, a lot of goalies, whether they're big name guys or guys you've barely heard of, have played excellent games against the Rangers. And I know there's going to be some people that hear that and say, well, it's because, you know, the Rangers, they, they settle for shots from the perimeter. They settle from shots from the blue line. They don't really test the goalies. There's some truth to that. But just going by the eye test, 
Uh, there are certainly some goalies that have played uh, very, very strong games against the Rangers this season. So it was nice to finally see somebody that didn't have his A game or his B game or his C game. Uh, Bennington was basically just kind of a mess in this game. So Keandre Miller is the beneficiary of that. He gets his first goal of the season here. Probably a little bit of a weight off of his shoulders, uh, I would imagine. Then the Rangers take the lead and they never look back. Uh, you've got Mika just throwing the puck at the net from the blue line to the front, and Lafreniere is there, and he deflects the puck home. This gives the Rangers a 5-4 to lead with about 11.30 left in the game. Uh, Lafreniere started this whole thing, and he finished it because uh, Lafreniere went in very aggressively on the forecheck. Uh, he was pressuring the defenseman into a turnover. Uh, Miller kind of pinched up the boards and disrupted his pass because Lafreniere was applying pressure behind the net. Uh, the defenseman tried to work it up and around the boards to his teammate, but Miller, once again, he kind of broke that up, and Mika ends up taking control of the puck. He circles back to the blue line, just throws it toward the net, and Lafreniere is Johnny on the spot. He deflects it home and gives the Rangers a lead. Uh, big moment, a much-needed moment for Alexi Lafreniere there, who took another bad penalty in this game and hadn't really done a whole lot until the third period. Um, but something else that I should mention here, a lot of the Ranger goals that were scored in this game were the result of guys basically just kind of throwing the puck at the net. I mean, Miller just threw the puck at the net. In this case, uh, Mika threw the puck at the net. Lafreniere did the rest and deflected it. Uh, he had a goal earlier in the game where Panarin was at the blue line, and he just kind of floated the puck toward the net. Trocek deflected it in. So that was another goal that, again, just, just a case of getting the puck toward the net. Sometimes that's what you got to do. And the Braden Schneider goal as well. Uh, you know, he played the puck off the boards. The puck had bounced off the boards, came to Schneider. He turns and just winds and blasts and, and knocks it home and gave the Rangers a one to nothing lead. So a lot of goals being scored in this game, the result of just getting the puck toward the net. And sometimes you just got to simplify your game. The Rangers have been talking about doing that uh, quite a bit. And nice to see them uh, put it into practice here and uh, ultimately get rewarded for it. So at this point, it's 5-4. to four. We'll get to the other goal in just a second. But I wanted to also uh, talk about another play that Keandre Miller made here. So he's about to take a shot. His stick breaks. The Blues get control of it. Three on two going the other way. And Miller basically just, you know, he's trying to hold his ground. And you can only do so much when you don't have your stick. But he basically just uh, charged the guy with the puck and just knocked him to the ice. Uh, basically just kind of improvising there. Miller on that play looked like he was unleashing just a season's worth of frustration all in one play, all in one big hit in open ice. So that was great to see there. And uh, Keandre Miller, somebody that... Looked like he was on the verge of superstardom last year. We have not seen nearly enough of that this year, but he had a fairly good game here, and you just hope that that's uh, the start of him uh, beginning to turn around, beginning to play a little bit better uh, for this Ranger team. Uh, then uh, Vincent Trocek takes a hooking penalty in the neutral zone, which can't really be doing that here. You're trying to protect a one-goal lead and get your team a much-needed win. Uh, but the good news is that the Blues had just a horrific turnover in the neutral zone on the power play. Uh, Kreider, puck goes right to him. He goes in alone on the breakaway. A little forehand backhand, flips it into the net, 6-4. to four, And uh, the Rangers had a little bit of breathing room. And the Blues pulled their goalie with 2.55 left, trailing by two goals. And the thought that kind of popped into my head here, and it probably did for a lot of you guys too, is, man, what better way to get this Ranger team going than with the Igor Shesterkin empty net goal? Because basically any time the opposition pulls the goalie against the Rangers, especially if it's a two-goal lead and you know there's a little bit more leeway if you're Igor to maybe shoot the puck down the ice, I think we're at the point where all of us kind of have that thought pop into our head a little bit. But by that same token, the way things have gone lately for the Rangers and how they've played in the third period and how they've given up so many uh, leads in games this season— I wasn't about it in this one. I'm sorry, guys. I, maybe I'm no fun, but uh, I was not looking for Igor to shoot at the empty net. I was looking for the Rangers to you know, be smart with the puck, play good defense, 
grind the clock down and get the win, which is ultimately uh, what they did here. So, yeah, much needed win. I think I'm pretty much stating the obvious there. Um, but very, very nice to see the Rangers come through with a, a clutch third period performance here. But if you really want to make this thing count, if you really want to make this thing count and make, be, make me believe and make a lot of you guys, I'm sure, believe that the Rangers are going to turn a corner here, that they're going to get rolling, that this is bad stretch is just that. It's simply a bad stretch and that they are going to come out of it. Then they got to go in and they got to bring it against the Vegas Golden Knights. I honestly believe if the Rangers go to Vegas and they win this game, it will be the Rangers' best win of the season. And I don't even care how it happens or what the, the subplot is or, you know, if it wasn't perfect and, and they had some defensive lapses. If it's a game where Eeyore has to bail them out over and over and over again, a win of any kind will be the best win of the season. When you consider the quality of the opponent, once again, Vegas now 19-7-1. Uh, they've won four out of five. Best record in the Western Conference. They just beat the Bruins in a shootout last night to end the Bruins' uh, season-long home undefeated streak. So if you go in there and you beat a team of that quality and a team that's basically been firing on all cylinders to start the season, it will be the best win of the season. And it will be, uh, you could at least make the case, if you're a Ranger fan and you want to be optimistic, if they go in there and beat Vegas, that's the game where everything really turns and the Rangers are back. We'll see if they can do it. It's going to be an uphill battle. It is not going to be easy. I'm sure without looking at any odds, Vegas will clearly be favored uh, for that game. But it's gut check time for this Ranger team. Go in there, uh, figure out a way to compete for three periods in that game like you did in the third period in this game and stun the Knights. Hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe the Knights, they go across the country to Boston. They beat an excellent Bruins team that's off to a great start this season. Uh, they do so in a shootout, kind of a back and forth game there. Maybe they have just a little bit of a letdown going home and playing the Rangers, who have obviously been struggling uh, so far this season. Fingers crossed that that happens, but even if it doesn't, the Rangers, they got to find a way to take matters into their own hands and uh, get the job done here. Um, that will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. Uh, once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, it is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. In fact, we are less than 10 subscribers away from hitting 1,000. So if you guys have a minute today, it would be very, very much appreciated if you have not already subscribed. If you have already subscribed, thank you very much. It definitely means a lot. So once again, thanks as always, and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.